<laughs> Back to episode. This is episode nine of the of the size up. I have eight written on my noteboards, but it is episode nine, and it is going to be a totally different episode. This is totally a random thing that I decided uh, I should do. We should do, and I think um, it's going to be kind of cool. So we may stumble along as we do this, but we're going to try and do a deep dive on the Apple TV show, Ted Lasso. And I have with me my great friend, Kim McIntyre, McIntyre, right? Oh yeah, McIntyre. McIntyre, that's what I thought. Um, From street parking, um, Kim and I met in the fitness world um, like a year and a half ago or so, right Kim, I'd say? Yeah, can you believe it's been that long? And, and yeah, it's crazy, right? It's crazy. It's always like, mm-hmm. you know, it feels like this last year has been the longest year ever and the yeah. fastest year ever. Exactly. So that, that's a, a good way to put it. But then Ted Lasso comes along into our life. And, and I feel like this is a good part, part to, uh, to say a quote that I found online because I did do some research. Crazy for the fireman to do some research on anything, right? But um, Carolyn Framp from Variety Magazine describes this show, Ted Lasso, as, At a time when just about everything feels catastrophic, there's something undeniably satisfying about spending some time with good people who are just trying to be the best they can on and off the field. What do you think, Kim? Is that Ted Lasso? Yeah. Right? That that sounds good. And I believe that the title of that article is like, I can't believe I watched Ted Lasso. (laughs) Uh, But before we get too far into the show... And, and talking about that, even though I wanted to start it off with that quote, because that has a lot to do with what it is you do. Tell mm-hmm. us a bit about you, where you are, who you are, and what it is you do. Okay. Um, yeah, so we obviously met, like you said, through fitness circles. So I am, um, I'm, well, gosh, I'm my official title. We don't do titles very much over at Street Parking. Operations coordinator. Operations, operations, operations manager. Yep. Over at Street manager, Parking. There you go. Yep. And uh, I've been there, gosh, almost two and a half years. Um, For people that don't know street parking, we're an online fitness program slash community. So we provide, um, (laughs) right, we provide workouts for people to be able to do anywhere, whether it's at home, at a gym, which maybe this year hasn't been as much, but this is something we've been doing for years. So for us, we're really fortunate we didn't have to pivot or change anything that we were doing. Um, it's what we've been doing. We are for anyone and everyone. Um, you could say our mission is to help people take control of their fitness. But obviously, just like you said about that quote, being your best self both on and off the field, we know that fitness is a bigger part of people's lives in so many ways. So we met, you and I met at camp, which is the funniest thing to say for like an online fitness program um was just, we met at camp right? not when we were 12 a year right we ahead. met at camp a year and a half ago as as adults and it was a few hundred online fitness friends who many of them had never met each other before um we hosted it street parking hosted it out in new york and it brought people together and we just we wanted to have some fun together we wanted to make some of these um online like you know meetups that happen with people the way that they find each other using social media um a lot in our private facebook group and online in our um instagram that they had the opportunity to come together and hang out and have some fun and i think 
honestly, like you're saying, kind of some of the correlation between street parking and TED is that maybe sometimes it's like, you don't have to take everything so seriously. So yeah, we had summer camp and we met at summer camp and that was a blast. And now we just shoot each other, <laughs> right? We're not, so we're kind of like we met, I still, yeah, we're like pen, online pen pals now from, from yeah. Uh, yeah. summer camp because Kim is based out on, is, are you guys still considered the West Coast where you are? I guess that's the oh, West Coast, right? Oh yeah, oh, very much the West Coast. Thank yes, you. I'm actually okay. from Portland. So I am not a transplant. That's one of the like random things about me on the staff. So we have quite a few staff that are remote um, but street parking headquarters is located um, in Vancouver, Washington. So not Vancouver, Canada, not up north, but Vancouver, <laughs> Washington, right across, like, I mean, seriously, like 10 minutes from the Portland airport. So, and I'm just outside of Portland. So I commute, I'm not right there in Vancouver, but everybody else that works up at HQ um, has relocated to the Vancouver area from all over the country. So it's kind of fun. I'm like, I'm homegrown around here. And they all sort sort of, most of, a lot of them, let's say, started as, as I don't want to call them fans, but like members. Members, like they, 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 yeah. They, yeah. So it's, it's, it's definitely an interesting mix. So, so a handful of them have been around, like, I mean, obviously I have like Molly, who's our head nutrition coach, and then Chris, our brand designer manager, um, you know, Chris did the design, like the key, you know, logo before street parking was ever even officially official. So he's been part of Miranda's life for years and years. Their relationship goes way back. So yeah, some of them have been around um, just through those connections. And then there definitely is a handful of us that we were members. And um, I mean, I was a member and I remember the day that it started. I've always really respected Miranda and the work that she's done. Um, so there it is. I called it. I called the dog. There could be a poodle outside. There could be. Uh -huh. It's all good. There could be a poodle out there. She has a thing against poodles. <laughs> Otherwise, she's very nice. Um, but yeah, I reached out when they were when they moved up here, saying, "Hey, if you needed help," um, and it's just been kind of a. I mean, what is it that I fell out of the lucky tree and hit every branch on the way down, right? It, Landed it, in a pool. It's definitely. <laughs> street to, to quote parking Ted. is to quote quote <laughs> we're just Sorry. dropping them before we even get there i love throwing it throwing in some ted quotes like what the hell is she talking about she fell out of a lucky tree that's so not me i don't say crap like that but now i watch ted and i do so yeah yeah it's crazy right that show and just again how it parallels a lot of things that you can find in your own life yeah. that are just unreal and even for me with with street parking and you know coming along Kind of uh, knowing who Julian and Miranda and Jeb and Molly were from the, the CrossFit world, but uh, stealing their workouts online and then having the opportunity as a, as a vendor at the time who I was working for um, to, to get to know everyone and to bring a, a product into that community and then to become a part of it was just uh, unbelievable. And that's a cool, again, correlation with Ted, where when you make this kind of family unit, team, whatever you want to call it, even though everybody has their differences, they all come from different areas. If you're all trying to be a better version of yourself, you're going to succeed. Mm -hmm. And even that like take control of your fitness, you know, prior to street parking, I think a lot of people thought that I was like totally in control of my fitness. And I probably thought I was totally in control of my fitness. And street parking has helped me become even more control in control of my fitness. Um, so would it, it's you just say, a great organization. Would you say 
that it's impacted you outside of taking control of your fitness? Would you say that there's there's something about the approach to fitness that transcends the fitness experience in your life that maybe things like I see a shirt that you're wearing right now. Would you say that it's affected your For mindset sure. outside of it? Yeah, that's what's pretty wild about it. For that. sure. With the, this is the street parking more than nothing shirt. Um, Kim is wearing the street parking championship shirt, which I, I did not to. earn this year. And I somehow think there's a reason that she's wearing this because my did. team did not win. Mm-hmm. I, I may have to like text a kid to go get my one from last year. I, do. I, I my, have, my team I, have a, I had a different shirt on underneath and everything. And I was like, wait, Pip didn't win. And I did. And so I should wear this today. <laughs> And this is this is the fun part of street parking, right? That we just a bit of yep. competition with these things that, that make you better. This more than nothing attitude, you know, and that had been something that I had been touting in the emergency services field that you can take fitness and turn it into your life. You know, you can take the lessons you learn in a workout, that extra push you have, and that's the push that we need when we're at work to keep us going. And a great part of street parking for the folks out there that are in the emergency services is how many of us there are that subscribe to street parking. Fire, police, EMS, military, um, on Tracy's end, physician assistants, nurses, doctor, everybody, you name it, you guys have it. And when you put all those people together, especially in a year like this year, um, street parking dealt with some pretty serious topics. Um, as this year progressed, just as we all sort of did, but as an organization and the handling of it, the way that they handled it made, I think, every member think about some things a little bit differently. And it's pretty amazing to be part of that. And that, again, translates into Ted Lasso and thinking things differently, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. And, and speaking of your boss, your boss texted yeah, yeah. me earlier and said, am I supposed to be on your podcast today? Because it's on the calendar and I don't remember telling you I was doing this we talked about them coming on because at some point I want to have them on the side them. and I'm like so funny. I'm like I should have been like yeah we were all set up and go Please. but I'm like no nah, that's going to be Kim I guess you guys share a calendar <laughs> I yeah apparently I put it on the HQ one so <laughs> so everybody at HQ knows we're recording right, right now. they're going to be so right? excited to listen to this deep I dive. just would have appreciated if everyone would have logged in that would have been great. Oh, that would have been good. I, I was actually wondering, like, you know, I should have just sent her the link and been like, yes, we're going and just follow <laughs> from there. Right, right. It, is Ted, like, I know, so so the reason, too, this all got started, um, and to talk a little more about Ted, like we're supposed to be talking about Ted Lasso is a show on Apple TV. It was released in August of this year. Um, super quick watch. Ten episodes, 30 minutes each. Um, I've now watched the season twice because – what happened was uh, Mrs. Pip started watching it and I saw her watching it and was like, eh, what is this? With like, well, football, soccer. I'm like, what are you watching? And she's like, this show is epic. You should watch it with me. And I just moved on. Um, so I didn't jump in until about episode four or five. So I watched the rest and oh. then went and rewatched what I missed because um, okay. it was that good. So I've watched it twice. How many times have you watched it now? Twice? So twice, Three? twice. Yep. No, twice. Like for sure, twice. But we're also like I was telling you right before we started, like, I'm gonna just turn something on just to like 
the familiar sounds of it in a way. Like, um, we don't do it very it's often. It's great but, in the background. But it is, because it's just so good. And my kids, I mean, we're home a lot, especially right now, just um, I'm not working in the office as much. Like I'm working home and my kids home from school and they're just on a strange schedule. And it's like, put some positivity around. I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, we'll do that with <laughs> there's, that. There's nothing and wrong with that. Right. Um, so, so funny, I can I tell you how I started watching it? Because this is what is yeah. so great to me. So my oldest, I have three boys, um, and my oldest, he'll be 16 in a few weeks. So he has played soccer since since he was like, could walk. He just loves soccer, and that's his sport. And I mean, he's gotten into watching a few other sports here and there now, especially this year more, because there's like, that's all you can do is kind of watch old documentaries. Ping pong. Or, did he watch, did you know, watch ping pong? And, right and cornhole when it was on. <laughs> no he like he actually the last dance got him which was great um so we saw when the ted lasso spoof happened years ago when the premier league premier league right got um picked up by nbc yep. so like seeing that character that was created so um we just got apple tv like you know whatever trial it is it's happening so we haven't had apple tv we don't watch like a ton of shows around here and we're like wait there's that show the Ted Lasso one so we went into it thinking um one we tried to get so three boys like I said thinking oh it could be a family show that all five of us watch and our oldest who's the moment like the pickiest um would watch because it's about a football coach becoming a football coach a soccer coach um and that we thought it was going to be a lot more in that vein he, of course, doesn't want to watch it. Well, the, the four of us, my 12-year-old, 9-year-old, my husband and I, we start watching it hooked instantly because it was so unexpected. We were expecting right. something so different. We were expecting more of like, just kind of like, you know, not just physical humor, but just the goofiness of football meets soccer, which is something we completely understand because football, like American football was actually my first love as a sport. So I was thinking it was going to be that. And so we watched, I want to say like three or four episodes. It was four episodes the first night because we were like, this is so good and so different than we thought. Still cracking us up, but so much deeper. Like that was the thing. That oh it, was, it had so much more depth than I anticipated. It's hilarious, but it's also just like, dang that's a that's gold right there that's something to think about <laughs> like every time you watch it every time you watch yeah. it you're like whoa didn't yep. pick that one up before yeah. look at what we're doing and that's it's crazy too because again when i kind of deep dove online into reading about it over the past couple of days when we started to do this uh, decided to do this and kim too when when street parking is huge and a, a group of us on facebook kim had put up an nfr post not <laughs> fitness related if you're a new street parking member NFR means not fitness related. Everyone asks. I did too. Don't worry about it. Um, okay. About Ted Lasso. And like, of course, I just jump in and was like, this is this is the way to go. And that's how this whole thing got born. Yeah. But I had no idea it came from when NBC one bought the rights to the Premier League. Jason Sadakis came up with this. It was only two commercials. And it was basically him being like an arrogant, idiot American and not understanding football english football um he then took that character and totally made it into this epic great coach no arrogance whatsoever but still stumbling along into the rules of how football works and how it's played mm -hmm. in, in england um 
all while having his own internal struggles and things uh, of that nature. Right? Did I get that right? Yep. Do you think that's a, a, good, a, good, a good without I, giving anything away? I think so. Yeah, I, I do. I, um, so my 12-year-old, my, my non-sports playing 12-year-old, like he just started track this year and then it got canceled. So, oh well about that. Now he does street parking and he is like so into street parking. Um, he's my empathetic one. And so he loves Ted uh, in this totally different way. And I like this last week after I posted that post on the Street Parking Members Facebook page about like, where else are my Ted Lasso fans at? Because it's the kind of show you watch and you're like, I want to talk about this with people. And um, we actually also listened to a podcast where Jason Sudeikis and uh, Nathan, oh my gosh, I can't remember his name right now, Brandon. Oh, Brandon, Brandon Hunt, the guy that plays Coach Beard, we're on Brandon Brown's podcast. Yeah. And so my 12-year-old even listened to that podcast because it was like, you just kind of want to soak it up. You want to like, you want to talk about it. You want to think about it. You want to laugh and you want to have some of these like moments where you're like, this is hilarious and also so heartwarming, but it's not this cheesy heartwarming. It's not some it's not drama like it's got its drama but it's not it's just different it's different so yeah talking about it and that post and everything it's been fun yeah and so too for folks that have obviously are listening to this and have not seen the show and the reason an american football coach gets hired by a british premier league soccer team to coach them is because the owner uh the new owner um was divorced and she won the team in the divorce so she wanted to bring someone in that would totally sink the team. And so she found Ted and Coach Beard, uh, who just recently came off winning. I want to see if I have it on the deep dive here, but I think he led a Division II II American football college team to a championship. Um, But for Ted, the reason he left that successful career is because he is starting to have some marital issues of his own and thought that some distance away from his spouse was going to be help his relationship so off he went to england and you basically get 10 episodes of awesomeness between him trying to figure out the game making jokes about tea over coffee scones just these different things and this growth that you see of him being a coach and i don't know if you've watched the playbook at all on netflix yeah definitely watch the playbook it's about Uh, different coaches the first one is doc rivers uh the u.s Mm. women's national soccer team coaches on it they basically give six rules of life um or coaching and they're really talking about dealing with their players and dealing with life around their players it's not about the game it's about the player and who's playing it and that is ted's number one mantra with this team correct oh yeah um this is something i'll say about that that i really appreciate when I watched it and also again when I was just listening to Jason talk about the show Jason this is one of his main bases right um there's there's something about Ted that he's a character but he's also a vibe right like there's a mentality there there's something to him so as you talk about like kind of the circumstances, it's funny because like watching it in hindsight where you talk about the circumstances that brought him there, it's like, man, it sounds a little dramatic or a little like, oh, it's kind of heavy or negative. And it's like, one of the things that they pointed out about him, about Ted, is they wanted to, to definitely have him be like a John Wooden, like a coach 
character that is all about his players and the players being more important to him than anything else. And that relationship with his players and the opportunity to connect with the players. But at the same time, you have this person that even though like you point out, he's going through some stuff externally, Ted isn't affected or not affected. He isn't shaped by his external circumstances. Like he's a person that actually can move into any environment, into into these in, like temporary circumstances of life and like elevate them. So it's more like he, yes, he grows and, and there's a lot of possibility there, but he also brings possibility to the circumstances that he's in. So it's not just like, let's watch Ted grow. It's let's watch like the environment that Ted has an impact on grow. Let's see what happens in that way, because it's not so much about, oh, these things are happening to me. So you have this player that's, or this, or this person that's in this place and it's about Ted growing. It's like the impact and that influence all around him and what he draws out of people, whether it's his boss who's going through her circumstances or his players or his staff the reporters, all of that. Like, what does he bring <laughs> Everyone, out everyone around him, right? That, mm-hmm. that optimism that, uh, yeah. listen, I, I mean, I could never imagine that. It, the way that he, his optimism is on a whole new level of optimism. Yeah. And, and we're, we're definitely talking about a show here, but you have to remember that even just that little bit of optimism going into things is always perfect for anything. And, you know, where did I add a quote about optimism? And now I don't know why it must have disappeared. But he has a really good quote about it in there somewhere that I can't remember off the top of my head. And I didn't write down on optimism. But you know it? I don't think I know it. I don't think I wrote it down either. I was like, like, mm -hmm. when I I came out into the garage, like, I had my coffee because I, I do like tea, but it's not like Ted who's like, you know, how do you take your tea, Ted? And he's like, well, I tell you to take it right back to the counter because there's been a mistake, <laughs> right? But my kids are inside. I made some, some meatloaf muffins and I snuck some broccoli in there and they actually busted me while I was chopping up the broccoli. But I'm like, God, eat the meatloaf, man. It's got some broccoli in it. You'll right. be fine. And I'm like, my kids are eating broccoli. They're like, this tastes so good. That's like that Ted strut. Like he has a strut. The Ted vibe. He mm-hmm. walks, yep, in that town where they call him a wanker every episode they're like I mean they chant it in the football stadium didn't affect them so when you think about yourself and how if you can just not let those external forces they're going to affect you but if you can just keep on being positive keep on moving forward that's a huge thing and that's something huge too jumping back to the street parking community that I think is it it, I know when I go on the the members page I'm going to find something that makes me want to go on. Someone getting a PR, someone doing their first workout, someone, whatever it could be. You name it, I've seen it, I feel like now. And I know you've seen a lot more. But that's that, that, head, <laughs> that head strut that like I want to have. And Tracy was laughing at me because I was literally with my coffee cup in my hand like, I feel like Ted Lasso right now. Let's go, let's go do this podcast, man. Today's a good day. Right? Well, I mean, that's the thing. That's That's part of that whole like, Ted Lasso vibe, not just Ted Lasso the character, where it's like he brings this element of like joy and possibility. So it's like it's and the thing that I really appreciate it about seeing that is it's not naive. Like 
it could sound like, oh, he's just, you know, being optimistic means you're unaware of the things that people are facing, you know? So sure, we can put it in the context of the show, like facing marital problems or facing like the, the fallout, like for his boss, the fallout of the divorce or facing public shaming um, or gosh, for him, like all these things, like I was thinking about, like you have this person that's completely inexperienced. So it's this risk of like, being incompetent at something publicly on this grand scale, or like as he learned about what's relegation, you know, like in soccer. <laughs> I'd, have, I'd like to learn the definition of relegation. <laughs> right, you have you have the possibility for demotion. I mean, that's how it works for this for those teams is you get demoted from league to league. But all of us have the opportunities in life for like failing something, and a demotion is like you know just a proof of being incompetent or you have the proof of failure in divorce or you have just again like that public ridicule and it's like it's all of those things exist and it's not that he's unaware of it it's the fact that he he doesn't let it affect him or change who he is and so it doesn't mean he doesn't show his weakness it doesn't mean he has, doesn't have his moments of like having feelings about it all but he doesn't like he doesn't just he doesn't detach from it and build up walls to people or or things um he he rises above it because i think that's one of the things like that i i think human nature is like out of whether we have you know a fear of failure or on, on any level or you have that public ridicule that he faces right like that could be a lot of people's like worst nightmares just walking around being oh my like, god oh, yeah. yeah like you know like keely one of my favorite characters like hey don't don't search twitter with your name and wanker because you know it's like she's trying to tell him like you are being publicly ridiculed and he's like no problem no problem but it doesn't change him he doesn't get hard from that he doesn't put up the walls to people like he's still in that Walt Whitman quote, he still remains curious and non-judgmental, and just like I'm just gonna keep leaning in and rising above, lean in and rise above. So he's not naive. Like he might be happy and it might be funny, but it's there's not this like well you're an idiot to it, you know. Well, like, that's that that's that, that that level of like extreme that I felt feel like we've really gotten to in our society, and, and I'm using my yeah. hands here because I'm Italian, and I'm, I don't mean left and right, but I guess that's what we're kind of, no, no, the pendulum right? you know what I mean? swinging, yep, for sure. Exactly, right, and you have this guy who's like, just not, his pendulum is sure swinging, but he's always trying to stay on the positive, and I feel like if more people would do that, would just focus more on the positive, like there's always going to be negative, I mean, there's a whole stadium of people calling you a wanker right now, but you're still out there and you're like, come on, we got a game to play, boys, let's go. I don't understand yeah. all sides, but maybe one day I'll learn it. Someday I may right? learn that one, you know? Right. One of my favorite little scenes about that, like, um, that I thought has an impact, like, it's just an example of the impact around him is, you know, in set the scene where he lives is like, you go to the same bar, you see the same fans, the same people, all of that, right? And they're always, they're always ridiculing him. And yet he still knows their name. So you know those three, yep. there's gonna be those little geek moments. Those the three, three barflies. Right, the three, the three barflies. And they're like, oh, wanker. And he's like, oh, and I don't even remember the guy's name. And one of them is like, he knows my name. So here yeah, they are right? mocking him completely. 
And that's what they've been doing is mocking him and, you know, just calling for his firing all season. And he says, hey, I know your name. And it's just like he never stops seeing people and um, treating people in a respectful way and in a kind way. And in this like, it's I'm not I'm not that whole thing of like not putting up the walls to people. And it's like, man, could you imagine? Could you imagine if that was <laughs> no <to> people? <laughs> No, right? no, I, I couldn't imagine in that situation. And who, especially when we talk about the town, the first person that accepts them is the little soccer girl. Uh, she has a name oh, yeah. too, whose name I can't remember, but right, like all of a sudden she becomes like his little buddy and it, it never happens in the show. It's one of the things I picked up in the second watch where I'm like, this little girl thinks he's onto something now. Like that, yeah. that's it. And those three bar flies, um, the bar maid too, like all those people oh, in that yeah. town, which in my deep dive, that place exists it's not a fake set you can go take pictures there in front of that bar and wherever that town is i, I didn't get that far but you could totally do that so on your hogwarts tour of england do a <laughs> go Ted there too. Tour as well. Make it both. i would highly highly recommend to get in there and, and do that one and i think too we're kind of getting into it a little bit and you said it but like his relationship with building up his players right so here he is foreign country foreign sport for lack of a better term to him but he knows that if he builds up his people and he gets to know them he's going to have a better team and in that first episode um you know he has um sam is his birthday and he basically takes up a collection from the team to get sam a birthday gift um, which i thought was one of those like little things that as a boss to do for your people is just unbelievable um, it's so funny you bring up the first episode. You're totally right. Because I there was something in the first episode when I rewatched it that got me that I was like, this was the giveaway of the show to me. Like, like this was where we got a glimpse into everything that was to come. And it was when he first arrived at the stadium and Rebecca is walking him down to the locker room. And um, she says, hey, do you believe in ghosts? And because like there was something about, you know, it's like this old stadium thing and they could pass by the house and she's like, do you believe in ghosts? And he's like, I do. And more importantly, I believe they need to believe in themselves. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, it's so funny. It's so, so random. Right. But I was like, well, that's, that's everything about Ted right there is like, he genuinely wants people or ghosts to believe in themselves so it's not like he's like I'm gonna turn you into something like he's not just this aggressive like it's about me changing you it's about you believing in yourself enough to change you and so that whole idea of like not just seeing people in their potential like Nate's great um and the possibility of who <laughs> they could become and having this like I'm gonna fix you or I'm gonna change you or like do what I do to become a better person it's like i just i want them to believe in themselves it's like so simple yeah. but so profound and he does he does have his coach moment there in like episode three or four with, with jamie tart and you know about mm -hmm. practice when jamie says he's too injured to practice and, and he goes oh. off like a good coach should um where it's really not directed at jamie at all as a person it's not a like hey f you type thing you're the worst person ever it's pointing out you don't want to do this because you don't want to do this type thing and that was yeah. like a great epic coach rant like that's one of those where you're just like 
this is this is a great coach and then he just walks away and off they all go and the team yep. dynamic at that moment changes completely it's so true and that's like the flip side of not believing in yourself like what you just pointed out like you don't want to do this because you don't want to do this and so i mean that that is an on and off the field or like fitness and not just fitness thing you know like that yeah yep. absolutely that's a that's a big one right there yeah where you you just need to you need to kind of know i love i love that coach moment when he just went crazy because yeah. i thought at some point it was gonna me happen too. i just didn't know when it was gonna me too i i and that was one of the things um that struck me when you have so you have jamie tart you have the uh the young little rock star that believes that Jamie is so great. Jamie, Jamie's biggest fan is Jamie, right? Yeah. And, uh, and then you have Roy, Roy Kent, who's, gosh, he's probably my favorite, like, besides Ted. Um, <laughs> his hard, anger is his superpower. <laughs> right? Well, I mean, we could talk Enneagram. We could take a short little detour on Enneagram, me being an eight, eights or more in that, like, anger vein and stuff I'm like of course of course it's Roy that I like um anyway but you have Roy who's the team captain the veteran however many years he's been playing right and Roy is so frustrated with Jamie's antics and Jamie's lack of respect for Ted Jamie's lack of respect for the team you know all of that and he wants he wants coach to do something about it like aren't you going to do something about this and even coach Beard is like so you can do anything. He's like, nope, nope. Like, what's the good of a teacher always coming in and trying to break up the fight? Like, they have to do it within the team themselves at some point. Like, somebody, there has to be a leader that also rises from within the team to change that team. It can't just be on, you know, the declared, you know, by title leader to be the one directing the change it has to be part of the entire team desiring that change and that that is such a big thing about growth you know because we see this you know you're you're a mom i'm a dad you see the whole helicopter parenting i think that's still a word i know it was a big word before yeah, i became a no, parent I mean, but I'm definitely I, yeah. it's probably more than even a helicopter now but it is you know you see that whole thing yeah. and like you have to let your kids fail you know, you have to let them figure things out. You know, you can't break yeah. up every fight. Um, you can't do that. And that's what's going to allow them to grow. And it's funny, too, in, in my mind, you know, with Roy being the vet, veteran, veteran, I, can't, I hate that word, but the older, the older player kind of on his way out, you know, he's still being coached. You know, he is that guy who's been there forever and probably has seen every uh, football situation you can imagine on and off the field, but he still needs the coach to guide him along. Um, and I think that's something we all need to be, you know, is to be yeah. coachable, right? Like everybody, mm -hmm. no matter who you are, needs to be a coach and needs to be coachable. And I think that's an awesome thing with Ted. And I really hope jumping into season two, we get some kind of a Ted mentor in there that I don't know, be his dad or whomever it could be, but to be there as his coach, you know, mm. and see how that whole dynamic works. But that's just my mind playing tricks on me. <laughs> you're thinking you're thinking ahead on this i like it you gotta be because I, I love i love <laughs> leadership right that's one of the things about mm -hmm. the size ups. this podcast is all about taking uh personal size ups of yourself and they have to keep changing no matter what and that's what we see with this guy ted like it just changes even he has no clue what he's doing 
he doesn't try to fake it, right? How many people would have been reading soccer for dummies on that plane ride to England? Oh, completely. Right. Mm -hmm. Although that's Coach Beard. Coach Beard is the is the coach. He's that's why he plays chess. He's the tactician. Yeah, yeah. He probably, but he probably did it because of the pure, like the love of strategy, and like you said, like the love of coaching and wanting to understand, not to just try to make it look like he knew what he was doing, but that genuine but desire to learn. They do though. They do have a helper over there in mm-hmm. England on the team. And he's, he's what they call the kit manager in the premier league. And that would be Nate, Nate, the great, um, who was shocked that Ted knew his name, I think on the, in the first episode, right. Or yeah. Asked him his yeah. Name. He asked him his yeah. name and Nate looks at him and says, no one ever asks my name. Yep. And he, like, he's just so excited. Mm-hmm. And that, mm-hmm. that's when he came up with Nate the Great, I think, in that whole in that whole one too. But yeah. you have uh, Nathaniel, who's their kit manager, um, but has probably been around the game of, of football his whole life. Not exactly an athlete to go out and play it per se, but someone that studied it and knows a lot. And there's a, an episode in there. Oh, I just uh, I don't know if it's episode five or so, but where Nate kind of lets the players have it and explains to them oh, yeah. some of their own players, right? Oh, yeah. That was such a good one. Mm-hmm. Where, and, and Ted really pushes it. Yeah. I think that was one of the reasons I like that storyline so much, and it culminates in that scene where he has Nate give the pregame talk, and it's not giving too much away, right? He has Nate no, give no, no, the no, pregame no. talk. And it's because Ted, it's that whole thing of like, Ted sees the possibility in people and it's not self-serving. It's like Ted doesn't try to manipulate to get the best team around him um, to make himself look good. Or um, or like when you just talk about qualities of a leader, like he's leading to genuinely lead people to be the best versions of themselves. And so it's like Ted wants to elevate people. He wants to empower people. He wants people to find their voice. And that's what I love in the storyline of, of Nate, this, this kit manager, like you say, the kid that cleans the uniforms and takes care of the field and just is so passionate and, and really smart, both about the game and the team and strategy and what he sees happening. And Ted is like not threatened to let this kid use his voice. He wants to he he wants to amplify his voice instead, and I'm like that's both like a humble leadership, but also that very empowering leadership right there with that whole with that storyline. And of course, we get the the fun along the way, and that scene where Nate, I mean, gosh, when he stands up to everybody and and tells them exactly <laughs> what they need to do better to play better, you know, like. That's a big deal. It's a big deal to have somebody saying, it's okay, go ahead, use your voice. Yeah. And two, I think the team in that scene, although it, it kind of starts out as like a, as, as a joke because Nate's saying this, but as he's saying this, they're all realizing this guy's for real. Like he's oh, ready he's, to go. Well, and he's right. Like even Danny Rojas is like, fair. True. <laughs> Danny, yeah. Danny Rojas. We'll get to Danny Rojas in a minute. Okay. Did you notice too in in that scene too? More more things that I noticed the second time around. So in this scene where um, Ted gives Nate the pregame talk, they're at um, a club. They're at a game at a different club. They're at Everton, and they've they haven't beat Everton in sixty years, which doesn't face Ted in the least bit. But if you look, the locker room that they're in is like the size of a one car garage. 
and it's single color like it's like the best and Tracy was like how did you pick that up I'm like oh my god they literally were like sit on pine blocks while you come play in our stadium type thing I love that about yes it was so good (laughs) I mean this is the worst of the worst circumstances for these guys sometimes it's so funny yeah and you so like even you know, Tracy, I, I played soccer a long time and was, was really into it uh, growing up. So I, I knew more about it. And I used to watch the Premier League and all the European leagues. But it's been so long. I'm almost like, we should watch this again. And she's like, easy. I don't think I want to get back into soccer <laughs> for, with you. But I'm like, I, I would be into watching it again. And even trying to explain offsides to my wife, it's just, it's just, it's right. like, it may as well be Ted Lasso. Like, <laughs> I do appreciate it. it. I, I, right? Like, I do. I appreciate it as the, as the full soccer mom that I am. Like, I, <laughs> I've actually fallen in love with the game as I watch my boys play it. So, yes, I, I, there's a lot about it that you can appreciate, but even those little nuances and things like, yes, the, the team. <laughs> how much hatred is between teams over there is very Oh my real. God. Like, yeah. You, you and, and the ownership level and like just the fact that, you know, the, the stadium yeah. is in someone's town. It's across from someone's house. You know what yep. I mean? The only NFL stadium I know that's like that is, is the Green Bay Packers play literally across the street from someone's house pretty much. But like that's how every stadium there is. And that passion is unbelievable. I think another cool thing that it, it talks to me and we're kind of on the so- soccer topic now, how soccer is the world sport. So you mm-hmm. have Danny Rojas from Mexico. You have Sam from Africa. Um, uh, Roy was was from England and, and Jamie Tarr, but you have these players from different cultures um, just playing together, playing the same game for the love of the game. It's pretty yeah. cool dynamic. Yeah. And then the Americans. I, then you have the Americans. Yeah. Coming. And the Americans. <laughs> yep. And the American that doesn't know any of these soccer player names. So we'll see how many of your listeners actually know soccer teams. You know, as they <laughs> can you can you name a a current soccer player? <laughs> Right, Crystal Palace. There's Crystal Palace. I don't think I don't think a team made of crystals is so tough. Was the was the quote. <laughs> um, but you see that, and it, it makes you want to kind of explore more into that too. If you get into it as much as I did, um, mm-hmm. that was one of the other dynamics, you know. And we keep bringing up Danny Rojas, comes yeah. in the most like happiest soccer player I've ever seen in my life. Right? Oh, is gosh. there any other way? Over to- over the top. Like he's over top. Be like, is this guy for real? Completely over the top. <laughs> but it's so funny. Like I would ask you, like, when you watch something like that, you watch this guy. He comes in. He's singing his name, and he has like the exuberance of like a puppy, like at yeah. all times. And so you can kind of roll your eyes and be like, whatever. This guy's over the top, right? Like that would be pretty annoying to be around. Like. Isn't it interesting how like our own, like the cynicism of things, like you're not ever going to see someone that joyful. Like, gosh, that's, why, why not? Like, why can't we have a little more joy and a little bit more like, hey, I love football, the love of the game, right? And like, just a little bit of the, we don't have to just take everything so damn seriously sometimes. And I like that element that he brings. Like at first you might be like, this guy's crazy. He's nuts. And it's like, no, no, he's just he's like embodying joy. And we all could use a little bit of that. 
He is for sure. I mean, that's it. And you're like, who is this guy? Like you think about someone like that showing up to your place of work and, and maybe in your, I could, I could definitely see someone showing up like that. To, if, if street right. hired me and I got to come out there and work, I would probably be dancing around singing my name all day with everyone. But I think about that. Like if it was that person came into my firehouse, everybody would be like, what is going on here? Right? right but then one of his earlier scenes is that part where, where jamie tarth hits the post just kicking a football because he's pissed and he's like oh you did that on purpose i'm gonna try too and then they have their little friendly competition and he's yeah. so genuinely happy to just be doing what he loves and yeah. i know as a as a firefighter i am genuinely happy going to work and doing the job that i love and I see that with you guys with street parking. But when you think about people, you have to have that in your life. Maybe you don't have to be Danny Rojas running around singing your name, but you need right. that joy because when that goes away, it, it's just not going to work. And listen, the guy's got to be, he's sad sometimes when they lose, he's sad, just like he should be. But that's where you go into that be a goldfish line. And you move yeah. On. Yep. Oh gosh. The goldfish. That is a good one. That is that your favorite? Is that your favorite line? I think, I think that may be my overall because I I haven't had the opportunity yet, but I want to use it on my kids when I get the chance. Mm-hmm. Because just think mm-hmm. about your boys like and how they take things, you know, at right. that age where you just want to say like, be a goldfish, 10 second memory. You just forget yep. what happened and you move on. And it's yep. not even so much that you can always forget, but it's that thought process that just move on. It's the happiest animal in the world, Ted called it. Right, right. Um, it's, it's like the embodiment of, I want to, this is one of the things I was thinking about. This is the like, it's great on one level and then you can go super deep on it. Um, the diamond dogs. So the, the guys of the show. So you have Coach, Coach Beard, Nathan Great, and you even have Higgins. Um, Poor Higgins. What is Higgins? Higgins, Higgins. <laughs> he just so appears, have, he's there. You have, you have the guys and then you have Roy Kent and you have this moment where Roy is wrestling with something. He's, like you said, Roy's angry and there's a situation that happened and Roy, you know, comes into the office and Ted sees it as this opportunity for all the guys to get together and talk and to help Roy through it. And he doesn't just feed him the be a goldfish line. I mean, it works at times for sure to be a goldfish. But what I loved in that scene where Roy's like, there's this thing that happened and I want to let it go but it's also right here and I can't let it go. Like, I'm so mad about this thing, you know? So insert whatever feelings you have, like I can't let it go up here. And coach with the help of the guys in the room is like, oh, okay. Like, like we're gonna, let's like, let's talk about this, right? And so he's like, he does the whole spin of the way of talking about it, like, um, like, so you're, you're mad about it. And Roy's like, yeah, I, I can't control my feelings. And, and coach is like, oh, well then by all means, you should let them control you. And so he says these like, these gems, right? Where you're like, and, and they're laughing like, oh, coach is doing that whole, like take the opposite approach. And he's like, you know, the whole point is like, just don't let the past muck around with your future. Don't let it control your future. But he brings it home with the like, the ultimately like, just stop, let it go. Like, and that whole thing, the be a goldfish, like you could really get yourself stuck here over and over and over. And I love that 
he uses the be a goldfish line, but then you even get to see it play out later. Like people processing, like it's hard. I can't stop thinking about this. It really pisses me off or this circumstance that I don't have any control over. And it's like, oh, sure. Then yes, definitely let your feelings control you. That's going to go really well for you. So even though the like the reverse, you know, psychology. You, all, you even like, say it with the attitude that he used. Like you even say it with the exact attitude. Like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. Let yeah, that control yeah, your life. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> let let those lead the way because that's gonna just surely bring happiness and bring every result that you want, right? Like, it's just those those moments are great. I I like that, and I like just to to keep going on that. Like one of the things I love is that little that little diamond dogs group because. Um, I mean, Pip, I think, you know, obviously you have a podcast and you're willing, you're willing to go like, let's go deep on some stuff and let's talk through this. Let's kind of see some things and not just like, hmm, yeah, that's happening. Like you're willing to talk about it. But one of those, the little, like, I haven't read anything about it yet. I haven't read a ton of articles out there, but what I love is that he pulls together the guys. It's like, let's go ahead and have some like male vulnerability. And it's not even um, that it's like this super intense thing. And it's, it's not even something that it's like this intentional, he's talking about it or like, this is what we got to do. I mean, sure they have the like, let's uh, get rid of the curse um, moments. Yeah. Then, <laughs> you know, like Nate, sometimes- Which, is, the show which is, is like the most ritualistic bullshit ever. Right? Get rid of the, the football coach, we're going to- curse right? we're gonna do this Co but it's awesome it is like that's the thing is you're like okay like this is so weird but also he makes it not weird and I like that I like that one of the things that I think they do really well is just um like they just let the guys have their feelings and they make it okay and like Nate even is like I've always wanted a group of guys who could sit around and talk about relationship stuff and it's like, that's awesome, you know? And so it's like, they're kind of calling it what it is. Like, yeah, some guys want that. And here it is, it's happening. And it can, it doesn't have to look, it doesn't have to look all like super emotive and all this, like they're just working through their stuff together. And I like that. I appreciate that they're bringing a narrative to that, that masculine conversation. And it, it just looks a little bit different than I think a lot of, ways that media portrays that at times oh for for sure especially in a, in a sports team you know and that that's mm -hmm. coming from i work in a very male dominated field and you know people will tell you that the firehouse kitchen table we solve all of life's problems there and those problems are our own problems sometimes you know you can get yeah. uh, the best piece of advice from someone about something and some of the worst pieces of advice about some uh, from someone about something like that and that's that vulnerability that i don't even think uh, I was ever taught in my life. You know, it's not, it's not a male thing that you, you really are taught. Mm -hmm. It just kind of happens. Um, but to see it in unplay, unfold that way, especially when with the Roy part, because he's like, I'm a text of diamond dogs. And all of a sudden, like they all come walking in from different yeah. doors. Like it was like magically appearing with like, what do we got? Let's go. Let's have our conversation now. Um, but I love the fact that it played out that way where it was just mm -hmm. that conversation and, and poor Roy said like, I think six words the whole time and they uh -huh. just gave him what they needed and, and off he went to solve his yep. dilemma. Just ask some uh, questions but, and then like, gonna let it go? What are you gonna do? <laughs> but now too, we have, uh, now we have to switch gears here a little bit. 
because it's not a male-dominated show by mm-hmm. far. Um, all, and yeah. although the male characters do play the larger role and, and they have a lot of vulnerabilities, which makes them transpire or transcend to both genders, but they're definitely two lead females that, that are owning this show. So which one do you want to talk yeah. about or either or both? Oh, I let's start with Keely. How can you not start with Keely? She is such a so, force. I love her. She is way, way more than a pretty face. And you think oh, that in yeah. the beginning, she's, she's just going to be a footballer's girlfriend, um, mm-hmm. who I, I would imagine that's a bit of a, a posh spice takeoff. I guess you could think of Keely in that way. But as she develops throughout the season, her relationship with Jamie, with Roy, uh, with the team, with the owner, Rebecca, and even with herself, just really blossoms into something that is like, Mm -hmm. you have something, woman. And and I think that you have three boys, I have two boys, but to teach a, uh, to take her character to be able to teach a young girl. I mean, she even says in one point, she's like, you know, I'm not even, what did she say? I'm, I'm famous for almost being famous, right? Yes completely self-deprecating in that way it's awesome yes <laughs> yep <laughs> and like but that's it but she's so smart and she teaches you know it, it's definitely something from a male perspective I've learned a lot from from many females my wife included that sometimes they don't quite want to understand and I think the guys in that show the, the macho athletes learned a lot from her so what do you got for me? Come on, I've been talking yeah. a lot about it. Yeah, no, I, I totally, it's, I appreciate hearing the male perspective on it because like, I, uh, I mean, I, I always appreciate a well-written, you know, character of a strong woman um, portrayed in different ways. And uh, that's some of my own stuff growing up. I'm just like, man, I, I pretty independent, not pretty, very independent and very unafraid to say what was on my mind. And um, you know, the perception of like, oh, she must just be a bitch, you know? So it's like, guys can say what's on their mind is fine. Um, a woman does that a lot of times. This is, I mean, for, from my experience. So it's become more common now. Like you get more female voices now, but it's still, I mean, that's a whole topic into itself. Like gender <laughs> stuff, right? Podcast, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for right sure. But you. you know, it's like, um, so they they made her very strong but she's not just this like bitchy strong. Um, and that's a little bit of that contrast with Rebecca. And what I like about Keely is I feel like she um, she brings like, so if, if Danny brings joy, right? If he's like the embodiment of joy, I think she brings this honesty. She is like the embodiment of honesty and it looks raw. It looks like calling out people's bullshit. It means holding them to a standard of accountability which is what you wouldn't expect from a, a person that you're like, well, are you just like an Instagram influencer? Or like, <laughs> yeah. we don't really know yeah. what you are, right? But she's really honest in what she is. And and she, much like Ted, I think sees the goodness and the potential in people. And she's not afraid of bringing her rawness and her honesty and and saying like, be better. And it's not to be better for her always. But it's just like, it's not to manipulate like, well, I want you to be better because it serves me if you're better. Um, I mean, of course there's relationships always. There's always relationships and connections. But the bottom line is she's just gonna be an honest, I'm gonna call out bullshit. And yet I'm also gonna be honest with um, my feelings or what she does. Like she's not perfect. She 
She lives her life. She does her stuff, but then she's still she's very honest fuck. about she it. Gives, she is she is the yes, definition I, of zero fuck given, right? I read yes. the book. I liked the book. Thank you. But she is yes. that definition that I'm not going to apologize for who I am. I'm not yeah. going to do things I don't want to do. I'm also not going to, uh, to use a Ted word, relegate myself to another level. And I'm going to mm-hmm. try to make those around me better. You know, I'm right. going to try to be that better person and make you that better person. And she does a, a great job of it with Roy throughout the season. Um, mm-hmm. And again, in, in kind of Ted ways, and not with, even knowing. It. And with Jamie, like she, she's like, yep. and Jamie even notices it. Like you see, you see my greatness right. that even, you know, or whatever. And he says something there. Like you've always seen the, the great side of Jamie. And, yes. and yet she doesn't do it in a way that just like Ted, it's not naive. And also like Ted, there's still something that is kind and like almost I would use the word gentle about it because I think that's we can say all we want about like oh I don't give any fucks and I can call out people's bullshit but how you do that makes all the difference right and I think that's one of the things that make that makes her so appealing as a character and why it's like oh she's strong she's very strong in that way like she doesn't she doesn't have this armor to be like I don't give any fucks it's like no no she just she just is, and I like She's that. moving along, you know what I mean? Like, she's moving mm-hmm. forward all the time. Like, even she has a bit of a setback, or at least in the man world, a setback, you know what I mean? Or yeah. the relationship world, I should say, a setback. She just keeps on moving along, you know? And then, you know, Rebecca sees something in her, which is is good call on Rebecca, I guess you could say, you know, to find that, yeah. and, and puts her in a place in the club that, Again, it's those stories for season two where you're like, what's Keely going to do with these guys? Like, is, is Danny Rojas yeah. really going to give away Joy for free? Like, we're, I guess he's <laughs> going to figure out a way to do this, like, in season right. two. Um, you know, and, and all those things with with that. And her relationship with Rebecca is, I thought, so I, let's see, when I started watching it, her and Rebecca went on the, on the trip. So they were in the hotel room together with Sassy and everything. I figured she was just always with the team. I had no idea they had only met a few months prior to that or whatever the word would be. Um, so her relationship with Rebecca, watching that kind of to bud um, for Rebecca was, was a great thing, I think. That, that really, again, trying not to give away any spoilers, but it made yeah. Rebecca have that kind of epiphany moment of like, I need to be better for several reasons. Yeah, it's a it's a drought like, well, who do you want to be? And why do you want to be that way? And what power do you give things? And you're like, I mean, it's like it, it both Ted and Keely, I think, force people to ask some questions of themselves that they're not the ones necessarily asking the question, but just by how they treat people would cause someone to have that little internal look and then be forced in a very gentle way at times, like <laughs> to ask, do I want to be better than this? Do you know, I'm not even sure, and I may have to watch now a third time, Ted and Keely ever even talk in the show. Yeah, they do. Because uh, Ted goes, when Keely has to be a lion or a panda for that one. Was it oh, yeah, yeah. When they do that drink, part, you're right. There's that drink. whole theme with the thing. You're right. It, there is that part. Mm-hmm. But but they rarely, they're rarely together, even though they're mm-hmm. so much alike, you know, that, that parallel that we have right now with them. But they're rarely together. But yeah, yeah. I forgot that part in the beginning with the photos and such. Yeah. Um, but that was yeah. a good and one too, the lion or the panda. Yeah. Which one do you want to be? Yep. 
there's probably good oh i know there's a couple of good lines off that too and i now i gotta go back and watch that episode yeah yeah i like yes you need to watch so, it so kim definitely said something good in the beginning of this too where this is the type of show that just having it play in the background just hearing some of the things you want to be a lion or a panda you know the goldfish analogy the diamond dogs analogy like you hear that in the background that's just positivity because there's yeah. so much like so i don't have cable anymore we cut the cord uh, a few years ago and it's all netflix and streaming and things but like there's Same. just so much negativity out there right and so when you find a show like this if you have to have something on in the background this is definitely i mean <laughs> this is almost like i wish uh so it being a, a kim workout friend you know i like to find good mixes <laughs> that djs make for good workout music we all need good workout music it can't be the same 10 songs every time and 100 percent. i just I just found one the other day that had um, a whole bunch of like inspirational quotes. Like as you're like listening to one song, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger talking about things. Oh yeah, yeah. Movie those. lines from from the Nero lines from movies and things. And I'm like, man, we got to get somebody to make a Ted Lasso quote. <laughs> like just listening to him like halfway through my workout saying something about like, hey, highlight, explain offside. I would be in. That's motivation for me right there. Right. His honesty of not knowing that um would be great but so rebecca is now we're really jumping around but rebecca is the boss and she she goes through some changes i think she goes through the she most did. changes of anyone in the entire show i think so too i would agree with that i mean you would say that nate his circumstances change perhaps um and all of the players do roy i think he was always softer um than yeah. he liked to let on so I don't think he changed much, much as much as we got to kind of like peel back the layers to see him. But Rebecca, I think for sure is one that you could see her, the influence of Ted around her, Ted and Keely, and and the circumstances affecting her and and who she becomes over the course of the ten seasons or ten episodes for sure. For and two, it's kind of painted, and the show is like an unraveling of Rebecca. Like she's falling apart, but she's really not. She's sort of falling okay. up, you know. Yeah. As she falls apart, with every little bit that of her that falls apart, she's actually improving, and you can yeah. see that happening. And I think there are a lot of people um, that were in the situation that Rebecca has been in that sometimes they feel as though they can never progress forward. You know, mm -hmm. after divorce hits them or whatever, any bad situation, but specifically speaking to the, the divorce end of, of what she's dealing with, it's that this was the end. This was everything and now it's over. And, and she goes through some hurdles as that happens, but she's always falling up. And I think that's, yep. that alone to me is like, I always want to be falling up. You know, you always want to look to take yeah. a loss and make it better. And it was um, interesting but, because she was, oh, she, she, had her external, I mean, it is clear, and we know it from the start, like, she's divorced, she's fresh out of a very public divorce. And so her external circumstances were unraveling. And the effect, the pain from those was creating a Rebecca internal, you know, chaos, and what's that going to make her, right? And we even hear little glimpses of that or see her karaoke scene dude about time so she's she's um, a broadway west end broad west end trained uh, actress so she is so, she, yeah, she nailed that. Tell. so so it's like it, there's even reference to like this version this this the point that we get to meet rebecca 
isn't the Rebecca that it's that was like the previous version of herself before this pain. So we we see someone that's become hard, and then we see someone like unraveling in ways, but like you said, unraveling up. And there's a moment where she wants to hold on to her pain. She wants and and she uses that pain. And that's actually something I'll come back to about Ted even later. Like she uses her pain and she's so fueled by that pain and she thinks were and both conscious and I think subconsciously like this pain in me if I punish someone else it'll take away the pain right and she gets called out on that and what she doesn't like is like well I'm stuck here and you're growing so you know her her I'm trying to not give away too much of the scene but her statement to somebody is like you says to him well you can't t- you can't call me out on this because you've been making bad decisions too or you made bad decisions and where was yeah, yeah. this noble character of you then and he says well yes i i should have been braver then but now i know better and so i'm being better and he wants the same for rebecca and i i love that because she's kind of in this conflict of like this isn't me, but it is me right now. And I want to be better, but I'm also still in this pain and I don't know how to get better. And you see people around her that are like changing and going, I'm, I, I was kind of a coward before, but now I'm not, I'm, I'm doing better. And those, those moments, those like moments of friction for her, I think are so powerful. And, and to me, so inspiring because I think the contrast between, and this is, really what I was going to say, like kind of correlating it is when, when Ted has his moment with the darts and the dart scene, that's probably one of my favorites. And that whole scene, and that's the, that's the scene where he brings out the Walt Whitman quote of be curious and not judgmental. And he's sharing a story of how he has been underestimated so much in his life his whole and life I, his whole life yeah, he's been underestimated. so yep. underestimated and what he doesn't say and this is something that struck me is you have someone that was underestimated and he could have used that as fuel to be angry or to be more of an antagonist because you see that kind of happen in people like don't underestimate me I'm going to prove myself I'm going to show you and and it can come out in in ways that look far more antagonistic or aggressive or you know like the Rebecca character like it's just this hard like seeking revenge type of person um like I want others to experience pain because I'm experiencing pain and Ted is like the opposite of that he's like I've been underestimated so instead I'm just going to be curious rather than judgmental and I'm going to rise above it and look at what happens and so you have you have them kind of paralleling each other throughout the show in a way because he also has the his circumstances of pain and sacrifice and him having to choose do I really want the best for someone that I deeply love or do I want just what I want and so that it's not like Ted is without pain in his life for sure that's the thing about it always is you go back you go this person wasn't isn't naive and he's not it's not some like totally fictional unrelatable character because i think we all could find points of relating 
to Ted and to Rebecca and facing the choice of like, well, how are you gonna use that pain? Are you, what kind of fuel is it gonna become in your life? What kind of change is it gonna become? Like, or will it change you? Those questions. It, it's so real too, because in that dark scene too, I don't, I don't know how much he paid attention to it all, but they, his name is written as Wanker, by the way, on the dartboard. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> like, I yep. love it. But he starts out with the whole thing where he's throwing darts and he gets challenged and he does like the typical, like, you know, whatever, arrogant thing, like, oh, I forgot, I'm left-handed. Oh, and he starts playing, right? But then at the end, when he needs to, he really pulls out that line of being Ted, you know? And, and then Rebecca's like, oh no, now I have to. And he's like, you have to, you gotta buy everybody around type thing, which is a whole new thing for her to start to get into that and start to kind of yeah. appreciate the people, you know, and get that joy that, that uh, Rupert got from the team. I think that was her first moment of true joy yeah. from, from the team was right there with those folks. Yep. Um, and it was, that yeah. was, was an interesting scene. That that scene definitely went all over the place. But you said something. Yeah. You said something. You brought but, up something when we were getting into Keeley and, and going back a little bit. But remember, Nate said that Roy Kent's anger was his superpower. Mm -hmm. but remember, with superpowers, superpowers only come out when you need them. So that was Nate the Great, in my mind, breaking down Roy Kent to saying, like, when you need that anger, you use that anger. Just like Roy tells someone else on the team, like, never stop throwing chairs at TVs. Like, you need that end of it, yep. right? But that's your superpower. You don't always have to be angry. You know, you don't always have to be this mm -hmm. certain way. You need to use those emotions. And that's something that this show it can teach loads of people about things. You know, use the emotions you need to when you need to use them. Um, it's just another huge takeaway that I never. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. watch a funny show, like right. Right. Yeah, I just thought I was going to be watching somebody that was stupid that didn't know how to play soccer. Yeah, Who knew? Exactly. Like, yeah. No, this is so good. There, like, it, it was such. It's such a good. And again, I'm so excited now that I know there's going to be a season two. But you're like, God, this really has to be good. Like, you know, Jamie, Jamie Tart is going to make a resurgence or reappearance. You know, you know. I don't want to say where they're going to be playing or how they're going to be playing because that's a spoiler, but like, you know, that end of it's going to be, you know, you wonder about Ted's um, ex-wife type thing. Is she going to come back into play? You know, there's so many things that it just left, so many directions they could go. I just yep. hope it continues on this path of positivity and those, those good quotes and just Ted not understanding all sides and refusing to drink. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree because I think, the possibility like again it goes back to like all of the circumstances can be what they are like we could come up with a, so many different circumstances of like are we going to see ted with a girlfriend are we going to see gosh dang well, are we, we going to see like what are, what are those relational dynamics who's who's going to be on the team all of that um but what i what i love about it is that it brings it back to like you want if you're watching a sports show, you're thinking, I'm rooting for this team to win, right? And getting kind of attached to the idea of, of circumstances, like, well, I want this to happen, and I want this to happen, and I want this to happen. But that's actually one of the things that I love so much about Ted in the scene where um, he's being interviewed after a, a change is made on the team. And he points out like they want to ask, like, so, you know, let's, we can talk about the reporters, you know, are always just grilling him and he just has the best disposition. Like, 
the loss of the game or a loss of a person. And for him, like that another kind of essence of Ted moment is like the, the great thing about being a coach is that you get to make a connection with these players. So the loss of a relationship hits so much harder and stays around longer than any loss from playing a game on a patch of grass could, could be in life. And so that contrast of like the things that matter is relationships over circumstances. And so, yeah, it's like, I, I think there's so many things that they could do with the circumstances, but the heart of the show is always gonna be what, it, what happens in the relationships? What happens in, what do we see like drawn out of these people or like the, the impact that these people have on each other not just the circumstances that they're all in. And that that was another one of my like super deep Ted moments that I wasn't expecting, but that's so, so good. That's a great people moment, you know, and think about how many professional sports coaches in any sport want to say that when they lose a player, let's say, or when oh, a yeah. situation like that happens, right? But the party line the generalized party line is you're not going to say that that person is horrible. We don't need them anymore. We can move on. Yeah. And just keep focusing on the game. Then. We're just going to focus on the game. Like, like, yeah, like they do. That's just some of the, the messed up stuff of the media is that you, you have to say what you're supposed to say. And Ted, that's what I love about Ted. He doesn't say what you're supposed <laughs> to say. Like, Oh, you know, I, like his whole thing, like there's been games that we've won with more points on the board, but I don't consider it a win or, you know, like that's his, his yep. philosophy about coaching. Like I've lost games that the result was a win, but in my mind it was a loss. And right now you can go like, Oh, okay. We won, but we lost a player versus a game. Like which one matters more. And he just is willing to say it and make people think about that. He makes and, the reporters think about it. He makes the team think about it that's life right if we all put people first right like if we were all putting people first not again left right whatever else you want to this oh, yeah. that the other thing however you want to talk about it what uniform you wear anything if it's about the people that are wearing them you know the people inside that's what matters you know and, and I think that's the best part of the show is it's really about the people you know what I mean the mm -hmm. sport part is great and then the whole you know an American football coach coaching English football yeah. is hysterical, but you really get into those people. And even talking about this, you're saying things that I'm like, Ooh, I didn't see it that way. Or even <laughs> I'm coming up with things like, like, or how, how my buddy uh, wrote me the, you know, a two page email with things we haven't even talked about because they're really fire service related. E, but like, it's that it's all about the people, you know? And I think yeah. that's what Ted Lasso really does for us. And, you know, it, it's just like that quote, you know, everything feels catastrophic. There's something undeniably satisfying about spending time with good people or just trying to be the best they can on and off the field. And that, yeah. my friend, is I think something that, that street parking has given me and has taught mm -hmm. me to be more than nothing. You know, something that I had been trying to cultivate for so long and that the street parking community um, and Ted Lasso and great people like you and such have really helped me to, to become better and to make a different size up of myself especially this year, you know, and, and yeah. you with that back end of everything with street parking, you know, you, it's just, 
it's crazy to see how when you put the people first, I mean, it's granted, it is a fitness group and it's all about fitness, but people doing the fitness that matter, you know, and the fact mm-hmm. that they're doing it, you know, is, is key to me. Um, it's cool. I don't know. Like I'm kind of, it's, 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 I'm rarely at a loss for words, especially at the end of these podcasts. I feel like I have right? ways to wrap it up, but this is one of those things where you're like, I can't wait to see what happens next. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I can't wait to see yeah. how we can take simple lessons like this, you know, even people listening to this, you know, please, when, when we have a comment thing, a lot of people don't comment on it on YouTube or on social media when they see it, but feel free, you know, let us know what you think about Ted and, and these topics we've talked about. Right. I, I, I hear that. Oh, my palms are starting to die. I just got a little chime in my ear. I, I think the thing that you're saying about this, this being the best version of themselves, like for me, looking back at the year, right? Like we've kind of alluded to, it's been a, it's been a year for so many people in so many different ways. And I mean, we're sitting here in the middle of October, it's not even over yet, but that's one of those, like my passion for my job, right? Like why I love it is because it's like, you're putting this opportunity in front of someone, which you could go, okay, it's putting a workout in front of someone. Um, Sure, it could be super superficial, the same way that like playing a game is super superficial. It's just a game, right? But it's an opportunity to make themselves better in some way and not just fitter, but stronger, like the stronger mentally, the stronger emotionally, the feeling more empowered of like, I can do something. Um, for someone that maybe never worked out before, this is a like, wait, I'm working out. I can do these things, but it transcends that. And it's, it's taking these things. It's like on the outside, it just looks like this little thing, but we all have our real lives. We all have these things that we're facing, um, both globally and in our country and in just so many different aspects of our lives that we can either pay attention to or not like truly but at the end of the day we all have some version of of stress and i would say we have another word for stress would be obstacles right and one of the things that i love about ted so i'm going to bring this all back together with both ted and street parking right is it's like let's go ahead and turn those obstacles into opportunities opportunities to be our best selves opportunities to not be perfect, not be the best, but be our version of our best selves, which is a work in progress for all of us. Like it's just a little bit better every day, or maybe Ted having a moment and waking up the next day and apologizing for biting someone's head off. Like it's the littlest things that go the long way of becoming um, your best self. And if you think about the power of what happens if you put, and we see this in the team, in a soccer team, you see it in your fire department. I see it in my online community, the interactions of people that we're, we're rooting each other on to become our best versions of ourselves, both for ourselves and for each other. And the impact that that makes is something that I think is so vital because like you said, we're kind of all over the place on, in a lot of ways that could otherwise feel pretty isolated or polarized or any of those things but when we come down to like like the ted version of like i'm just gonna look at someone and ask them their name and then treat them with kindness and respect 
the littlest things that just start adding up and adding up to being like, it's, it's not just looking at all of these obstacles in a negative way, but looking at as an opportunity to make things better. And that's actually something my 12 year old said, he said, Ted, I mean, I'm legit quoting my 12 year old on this. Like I told you, he's pretty into the show and he's also extremely wise for a 12 year old is you look at all these, these things and Ted doesn't see it as something that negative. He just sees it as, as a time and a chance to make something better. I'm like, that's what it all comes down Genius. to. But yeah. That, that is the perfect wrap up to this, I think. Aside from biscuits <laughs> with the boss, because everybody needs some biscuits Ooh. with the boss. And that Gosh, little I'm... gesture of biscuits with the boss, I'm going to do it every day, whether you want them or not. Even she, in her, in her kind of like uh, Elsa comparison there, you know, she's like, you're going to do this every day, aren't you, Ted? You're going to bring these to me every day. Because um, she definitely has that Elsa ice queen comparison in the song that she sings in the beginning of this. Did you hear um, anything I said there? No, you have to say it all again. My pods literally. <laughs> so I said, I said with, with biscuits with the boss there, you know, it, it was that, you know, she's like, are you going to do this every day? And he's like, yes, ma'am, I am. And I said, she has that comparison to Elsa, the ice queen there in yep. her song that she sings, like bringing it in. It, it's just such a well-written show. Like just genius is an easy way to put it. Yeah. So, well, Kim, I, I definitely want to thank you for this because it's been, I'm actually excited. I'm excited to listen to this one. I don't listen to many of my podcasts. But we <laughs> talked about so many things, but I want to go back and learn more about Ted. But can you tell everybody where they can find you, where you, if they're looking for you, street parking, any, anything you want to plug, this is the plug time. Oh, goodness. I'm going to just go ahead and plug street parking because I obviously am there um, online. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I, I say that with so much love. Um, you know where to find me on Instagram. You can put my Insta on there if you want. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I, will. I'm, I don't do Facebook other than for my, my Facebook community are like, gosh, I want to say there's like 25,000 of them in there. And uh, <laughs> you have my, the biggest Facebook community anywhere. I don't need a personal one. I have all these people. Sometimes I'm like, you know, it's like the size of the town I live in. Pretty fun. Um, <laughs> all online. So yeah, yeah, Facebook. And of course, um, everything that we do with street parking, I mean, we're, we're on Instagram, we're Facebook and streetparking.com. Because again, I think yeah, it's, it's, we could say, oh, it's just a workout, but it, we know it's so much more than just a workout. It really is. It, it, it honestly is. And I, I have a hard time, you know, doing what I do and trying to explain street parking to other people because it is so much more than a workout. Um, it's unreal, you know, easiest way to kind of put it. So I highly recommend going to, to check out street parking. Obviously you got to watch Ted Lasso because if you haven't watched it by now, right. <laughs> at this point, yeah. uh, we should have said in the beginning, like, if you haven't watched Ted Lasso, maybe you should stop listening to this, go watch the 10 episodes and then come back and listen to it. But it, it, it's worth that deep dive. Yeah. Um, a huge thank you to my podcast sponsor, National Fire Radio. So make sure to check them out. Uh, they're uh where are we at here with that they, they just i know we just did another episode we're all getting back into podcasting now because we had our hiatus so yeah. um everybody's kind of throwing them back out there you can check out rush the bus that's the ems podcast and obviously they keep listening to the size up uh we have more to come and i believe there's going to be episode two 
Ted Lasso Deep Dive Firefighter Leadership Edition uh, with a good friend of mine who reached out when he saw I was doing this and was gave me two pages of notes that we didn't even touch on tonight that, that we can talk about. The, I think it'd be cool because, right? Imagine relating Ted Lasso-isms, whatever you want to say, to your actual occupation. Um, and it's so... It's not super simple, but it's something that can be done. It's that positivity, right? And and what we do. So, it, it's the things he wrote. I'm I'm excited. Like it's an exciting one. So we may follow up with a second one. Um, it, I do like to watch some shows. So who knows? If you want to deep dive into a movie or a show, especially an '80s movie like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, that would be a fun size up deep dive. I can appreciate that. <laughs> right. I did just see today that if uh, what's it. Uh, Better Off Dead with the the kid that movie that I movie came out. I cannot believe you're bringing that. Up. I haven't heard of that. I mean, that movie used to be referenced in my life so much like 20 years ago. Where's my oh, two dollars? Give me my two dollars. <laughs> I saw a meme today that uh, if that would be the case uh, with inflation, he would be owed I think 17.50 or something like that now instead of the two dollars. I reference that movie quite often. My kids. My kids know lines from that movie and have never seen it, but I don't know if you like this deep dive type episode, we can talk about that. Cause I think it, again, it takes just a different look at kind of like that self size up that we want to talk about. Today. So well, it was a lot of fun. Kim. Sometimes the cool thing is, is you can take a show like we just did and it's kind of safe to talk about something that's like fiction, you know, and be like, let's talk about these characters because it's kind of a safe distance to do some self-evaluation. Like, let's just go ahead and talk about fear and shame, Pip, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's talk quick. about that. What was the biggest athletic loss of your life, Kim, right? when you dropped the weight on yourself or, you know, and I don't even know why when we started talking about the eighties, totally missed that Sassy called him Magnum PI. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> didn't even see. And then just, all right, one last line to finish it out. I loved it when she was like, uh, she's like, did you just say you want to fax something? Or are you trying to send something to 1997? Yes. <laughs> so good. And with that, uh, we all know how old we are. That, that's pretty much it right there. But so cool, Kim. Thanks for joining me on the side. This was a me. lot of fun. Yeah, it was. <laughs> we may have to do this again. I would love Watch to. Watch another show. All right. Cool. <laughs>